You're listening to Point Two Five, written by Rob Moore and Patrick Edwards. Good evening, I'm Raymond Troymond. And I'm Derek Montague. And welcome to this week's edition of Current News. The headlines this Tuesday's day, the 30th of October. Refuse collection company sued by worker with a bin for a head after being accidentally recycled. Leading administration company goes into administration purely to give itself something to do. Eight out of ten of you are morbidly obese. And owner of missing cat. Glad to have his dog back after his hamster was eaten by a horse. Now, we all hate stains. No, I'm not talking about the place, although it has a lot to be desired. But I'm talking about that grotty mess that makes its way onto our clothing without our consent. Yuck. When this does happen, apart from bombarding the aforementioned filth with constant abuse of what its purpose is in life, to actually alleviate the mess from our lives, where do we turn? Other than left, where do you go? Well, I, I simply remove the garment and throw it straight into the wash. No, it wasn't, it wasn't a question, Derek. For goodness sake, Derek, we've worked together for nearly ten years. You, you know not to interrupt me mid-intro. Sorry, Ray. Hmm. And anyway, you're saying that you throw your stained clothes in the wash. What, even if you're at a fancy restaurant, you just strip off like some sort of hooker on a street corner? And where are you going to find a washing machine in the middle of Leamington Spa at eight o'clock in the evening? Well, if I was out, I'd just get my dog to lick it off. You'd take your dog to a restaurant? Yeah. Good God. What have you become? Well, that was a rhetorical question, you cretin! Sorry. Hmm. Well, aside from dog saliva... Uh, oh, for goodness sake, Derek, you've actually ruined my intro. Now it's not going to sound as good. Okay, listeners, forget you ever heard the last two minutes of what you just listened to. I bet they'll be wishing they'd forgotten more than that. Oh yes, I see your razor-sharp wit is up to its usual standard, Derek. Anyway, again... Now, we all hate stains. Now, I'm not talking about the place. Oh, I can't be bothered with this bit. I'm talking about the grotty mess that makes its way into our clothing without our consent. Yuck. When this does happen, apart from bombarding the aforementioned filth with constant abuse of what its purpose is in life, like we should do to Derek over here, to actually alleviate the mess from our lives, where do we turn? Other than left, where do we go? Well, well, scientists have now developed a brand new way of cleaning clothes. What is it, I hear you ask? Well, it's certainly not dog saliva. (laughs) It's human saliva. To talk to us more about the new invention is a doctor, not a medical one, and head of biochemistryology at the University College Hospital in the Upper East Side of the southwest of Kent. She's also a woman, Dr. Sylvia Liver. Please call me Liver. No. So, Dr. Sylvia Liver, what on earth brought you to the conclusion that this would actually work? Well, Ray, I can tell you the thing on earth that brought me to this, and that is human spit. Sorry, has someone got a tissue? I think she just exploded. No, she's just got a lisp, Ray. This is going to be a joke. Right, well, yes, we gathered it was human saliva, Doctor. What made you take it from merely licking or sucking food stains out of a piece of clothing to inventing a machine capable of reenacting this process? And also, where'd you get that infinite supply of saliva from? Well, we're quite lucky at the university because we've had lots of people donating, to be honest. Sure it wasn't just all you? What do you mean by that? Oh, nothing. Derek? I think what Ray means is how does the whole machine actually work? 
Well, it's not that actually that clever. Obviously. In principle, it um, it creates a vacuum and then injects the saliva onto the clothes. The vacuum, of course, gives the sucking sensation to the clothes and the saliva, well, gives the saliva. So it's exactly like sucking food stains out of clothes. <laughs> and the magic is that it works at room temperature. So it's actually very good for the environment. Sorry, can someone please get a bucket or something? She's making a huge puddle mess on the floor. And who knows, she could take the bucket away with her and use it in one of her ridiculous machines. It's not ridiculous, Ray. It will revolutionise the way clothes are washed and, as I say, do wonders for the environment. You're not doing wonders for my environment. Anyway, won't the clothes stink of spit? Well, you can use the usual fabric softener you use at the moment to add an odour of your choice. Brilliant. It all sounds jolly exciting and great. Just one more question. Um, how much does it cost and when will it be available? That's two questions. Well, at the moment, we've just built a prototype. And that cost us £10,000 to build. £10,000? Yes, well, it's, it's new technology. Doesn't sound it. Vacuums have been around for billions of years. Just go into space, for goodness sake. Yes, well, it's the first time vacuums have been used for this particular application. It costs a lot to get the materials and research, and, of course, to pay my salary. This is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, wh- when did you say it would be out? Uh, in about five, ten years, I think. Oh, brilliant. That is good news. Well, I can't wait to have to wait ten years to pay ten grand for some piece of kit that will basically just do the exact same job as another piece of equipment I currently own. I mean, how ridiculous is this? Why do we get these people on if they're just going to come on and waste everyone's time? It's just my life's work. It's not good enough. If I were you, I'd do something else. This sounds mad. <laughs> if gosh. <laughs> That was Dr. Sylvia Liver from the University College of Spittle in the Upper East Side of the southwest of Kent. We'll be back after this. <laughs> there, there, Miss Liver. Oh, stop it, Derek. This week on MasterChef, four amateur cooks compete for a place in next week's semi-final. Today's contestants are Civil Servant Grace, Layabout Henry, Dr. Jamal, and another person called Henry. All right, everyone, welcome to MasterChef. Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the other side. Time starts now, you fucking warm bets. The day starts with the invention test, where each contestant has to use a list of given ingredients to make a dish from scratch. Today, ingredients include wild stallion cutlets, kaleidoscope beets, fruit pastillos, and Chicago town oven pizza bases. So, Henry, no, this Henry. So, Henry, when did you want to get into cooking? Well, I've been into cooking ever since I twisted my spine, stretching down to get a dozen ready meals on a bog-off offer. It left me with this ruddy great hump on my back, which means I'm too embarrassed to eat out. Well, let's just hope you don't give us the hump with some poor cooking. All right, good lad. If Henry can season those kaleidoscope beans right, I think we can expect a very impressive plate of food. I, I really like the sound of Henry's dish. I like the sound of Henry's fish. I like the sound of Henry's quiche. I like the sound of Henry's sausage. I like the sound of Henry's garnish. All right, time's up. Okay, Grace, let's try your food first. Grace has made a dish using the prescribed ingredients. Mmm, it's lovely stuff. The way the meat colours the sauce is absolutely divine. Mmm, Jamal has also used the prescribed ingredients, but this time has cooked them slightly differently. Mm. 
Henry, let's try your dish next. Sure. No, not you, Henry. The other Henry. Henry has served a meat surprise on a crusty seabed of white wine vinegar flanked by a self-pixelated garnish. Is that dog meat? I, I don't. I, I don't. No. I didn't provide you with any dog meat, Henry. I, I just used what was in my cupboard. Sure you didn't smuggle it in? No. No. All right. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt on this one. Because it's actually quite good. It's Barbie Dingo Goes Mite. It's near the crispy end, but I like it. I like the sauce. Uh, maybe would have kept the colour off the plate, though, but presentationally it's not bad. Good work, Henry. No, not you, Henry. The next challenge the contestants have to face is the palate test. So, the palate test. It is immensely difficult. No, 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 Greg. I mean massively difficult. They're just never going to get it, are they? You think? Well, someone might. No, they won't, Greg. Of course they're not. Look at me, wash my lips, they're just not going to get it. Let's get him in. The contestants have to recreate a dish made by John. Okay, so you guys cooked for me, it was shit. Now I, professional chef at the top of his game, am going to cook something for you. Doesn't seem fair, but that's life. John has cooked a seafood chowder roasted sea cucumber with an orange soda bread souffle in a really complicated way. Okay, so for this challenge, I've done some cooking. You've got to taste it and then re then render it in a totally unrecognisable way using the ingredients we provided. Of course, under the covers, there are some ingredients that were in the dish and some that weren't used. But you won't know that because this year we're also blindfolding you. Everyone got their blindfolds on tight? All right, one hour, start cooking. Each contestant must use their tongues to detect the flavours in John's dish. But one contestant isn't just using his tongue. Uh, Henry? Yes, you, not you. What is that? Um, it's, it's nothing. I'll tell you what it is. It's an iPad containing all my fucking recipes, mate. Give it here. There you go. Serve that. On the other side of the kitchen, Jamal has just discovered the reason why she couldn't taste an ingredient, because it has triggered a serious allergic reaction. All right, love. <coughs> Keep it together. 15 minutes gone. <coughs> okay, that's time, ladies and gents. Let's see the sacrilege. Grace is the first to present her dish. Grace, I've got to say, that's remarkably similar to what my apprentice, I, I mean, I served an hour ago. Hang on, the bread's a bit soggy. Grace, did you just heat up John's dish in the microwave? Um... Nil point, Grace. Next up is Henry. Can I just say, I've had immense difficulties reaching some of the ingredients owing to my twisted spine. Last time you didn't give us the amp, but now this time, second amp on the road. I hope you get over the amp. Is that dog meat again, Henry? No, I... John, that's definitely dog. Henry, there wasn't even any dog meat under the cover. Where are you getting this dog meat from? I, I just found it then. What else have you got hiding up there? Henry, is that a false hump? Looks like more dog meat, John. After tasting the dishes, the judges now have to decide who is going home. Okay, so it's obvious who it's going to be. Let's get them in. Henry, Grace, Jamal and Henry are all hoping for a place in the semi-final. All right, everyone shut up and look at the floor. I must say you all did pretty well. No smiling, Jamal. You did pretty well. But we've got to let one of you go now. The person leaving us today is... Henry. Which which one, John? Not you, you rue. Then muck her over there. Off you go. Can I just say what a... Drop it, Henry! I think it's best that you leave in complete silence, mate. Why the rest of us just stare into your back. Please don't make it any worse. Don't know why the rest of you lot are looking so happy for. You're about to be offered up as free labour to one of my chef friends. See how you like that? 
Jamal, Grace and Henry are being sent to La Petite Ponce in Mayfair, where, under the watchful eye of head chef Pierre Petit Ponce Paris, they will be serving lunch to the production crew's family and friends, carefully disguised as paying customers. Oh, welcome to lepetitpenseparis.com, what I want you to do exactly as I say. Jamal will be using La Petite Ponce Paris pasta sauce, served on La Petite Ponce Paris pasta shapes, using a La Petite Ponce Paris saucepan and colander. Grace will be making La Petite Ponce Paris pizza with La Petite Ponce Paris chili dressing. And Henry will be making the restaurant's famous Pie de Petite Ponce Paris with Petit Pois de Petite Ponce Paris. Okay, it is lunchtime. Let's do the cooking. If you, if you follow La Petite Ponce Paris recipes using La Petite Ponce Paris kitchen utensils and crockery set, I can't see anything going wrong at all. It isn't long before some of the contestants begin to encounter some difficulties. Uh, two pizza de Petit Ponce Paris, three pasta de Petit Ponce Paris, four pies de Petit Ponce Paris with Petit Pois de Ponce de Paris, s'il vous plaît. Yes, yes chef. chef. Grace, uh, what are you doing, Grace? Bleeding profusely all over the pizza. Pourquoi? Because of the La Petite Ponce Paris knife set you insisted we use. The handle just broke off in my hand. It's dangerous. Merde. Just mix it with the rest of the tomato puree. As Grace bleeds to death, Chef Ponce-Paris has just discovered that Henry has been using off-menu ingredients. Uh, where did you get this? Uh, I demand to know where you're getting this meat de chien. But before Chef Ponce-Paris has a chance to be condescending in French, Jamal accidentally sets the kitchen alight. Chef, I've, I, I, I've slipped on Grace's blood and knocked an entire vat of cooking oil de Petit Ponce-Paris all over the flame grave de Petit Ponce-Paris. Uh, what have you got to say about this, Grace? Grace! I must say, I found my pie a little bit overdone. My wife enjoyed the pizza baits, though, didn't you, darling? Mmm. Welcome back to the kitchen. How was the restaurant? You didn't cock it up, did you? We want you to use your skills you've learnt to develop dishes that will blow us away. If not, we'll blow you away. Let's get cooking. Each contestant has an hour and 15 minutes to prepare two courses. So, what have we got then, Henry? Aberdeen Angus. How are you going to prepare her? I'm going to blend it. Very well. Off you go, son. Look forward to it. Since sustaining third-degree burns to his entire body, Jamal has the added challenge of cooking head-to-toe in plaster of Paris. If Henry can pull this off, I'll be amazed. I can hardly see through this mask and I don't really have many options. Okay, that's time. Stop now, please. Stop. That's time. So I just want to go home, you know. Jamal has served a cheese platter garnished with a single salted celery stick and a washed fruit salad. You think that that's ambitious? Without a possible thumbs up, yes, I fucking do. Next to serve his dish is Henry. Now, Henry, you promised us uh, Aberdeen Angus. Uh, what's happened, mate? I ran out of time. I'm sorry. So I've had to microwave some dog meat. What happened to all that cow you were preparing? I burnt it. It was either this or Domino's, but I didn't know the address since you blacked out the windows on the minibus that took us here. Okay, so as you know, there are two places available in the semi-final. Hope you two both haven't been complacent just because Grace died of blood loss in the last round. John and I have made a decision. The person going home today is Grace. That was that the point two five, written and performed by Rob Morton, Patrick Evans, and Kate Graves.